Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Wolf Big Dog. That's at Wolf Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. And welcome to the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Big Dog Crypto, George McHale. Yes. Brother, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad we were able to uh, to sit down and, and chat for a bit. Um, yeah. Okay. Man, these, are, these are some interesting times in Bitcoin right now. Interesting times in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Bitcoin, uh, I mean, maybe especially specifically mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> when you look, you know, right now, you've noticed this, like when people are just watching the charts and stuff and they just, they start watching it and they get like this. You think sometimes like the sideways, the sideways action with it kind of makes people like, and I always say start to question because we all know that to me, it's, it's a superior payment system, right? It is, it is the way to have full control and make things happen. But I feel like for people that are just watching it, sometimes they question it when it goes sideways. But how do you look at that as opposed to looking at it as a peer-to-peer uh, transaction system versus a tradable thing, asset? What do you feel about it? What's your your mix? Yeah, so I think it really just depends on how long people have been around. You know, once once you've seen enough of these cycles and you've seen it, uh, Bitcoin trade sideways for you know weeks at a time, months at a time, it kind of yeah. gets boring more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but you know, once you kind of shift your mindset uh, around, like, what is this thing that I'm holding, and you get out of kind of like the this is a stock or this is a yeah. a home or whatever, and you and you have you know you lower your time preference and you have an, enough of a futuristic outlook. I think it's 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 more you see it more as an opportunity if nothing else like oh cool I can I can stack sats for a lot cheaper yeah, yeah. now <laughs> but uh but you know it can be unsettling even even for OGs like uh, especially I think this this time around uh, when we had such high expectations for what Q4 was going to look like mm-hmm. and uh and that sudden drop off and so there's always kind of like the oh that's unexpected but at, at the end of the day, like nothing, the fundamentals haven't changed. Everything is stronger than ever. The network is, is uh, more resilient than it's ever been. So n- definitely nothing to worry about. Well, you know, it's interesting because a friend of mine that just got in a little while ago and he had bought it and went down, you know, five, 10%, whatever. And I said, look, historically, if you've bought over the years, right, even going back before 17, and of course, many years before that, but if you DCA, you've always done well, right? Historically, right. it's always done its cycles, right? But I think long-term, you can't go wrong with it. Right. That's exactly right. And again, that just goes back to how you view it. You know, do you view this as a stock in your portfolio that, you know, is going to sort of be volatile and and that you need to uh, trade constantly? Or do you see it as a a asset that is uh, scarce and is just going to continue to appreciate um, number go up like forever? So yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, there's there's really no no stress when you have the the uh, outlook of, of the latter, I think. I agree. I agree. Long term. Um, speaking of, you said OG earlier. How long have you been in the space? Ooh, I cannot claim to be an OG at all. I uh, I've been in since uh, 2017. Bought in wow, right. That's OG. <laughs> 2017. That's a, lot, a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I've now been around for a full cycle, so that's something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I bought at the top of the market, 19k yeah. at, at, in 2017. Did did the whole um, altcoins, you know, mm. Ethereum and and uh, Litecoin for a little while. Uh, and then I learned about Bitcoin specifically, and I, and I realized that this is this is something completely different that belongs in a different conversation. And uh, since then, since like probably 2018, went full, you know, Bitcoin only. 
Okay. Well, and I, I will say this. I think now four years qualifies as an OG because I, <laughs> I got it about that too, right? And it's like, you say the OG is from 17, but then you go through a whole cycle, you learn, you learn so much. Um, but Definitely. you know, and I know if you go back to 17 to where institutions were kind of like barely kind of stepping in and whatnot, now you see them just going nonstop. And then look at El Salvador. Um, that's been fascinating right. to watch. When it's kind of a two-part question, what do you think about El Salvador uh, and how they've handled everything right now? Because it's really been very positive. What are your thoughts? And then second part of that question, would you even want to guess a country that's next or is that, yeah, it's a guess, I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. So I know there's a wide range of opinions on El Salvador and what's happening and specifically the president, uh, Bukele, and sort of how people view him. He's a dictator. He's a Bitcoiner or whatever. I have a pretty optimistic view in general. I think that... Um, you know, we want to see more countries uh, adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender. And so I tend to want to encourage this type of behavior. Um, and that's a part, that's aside from like, you know, local politics and, and what's going on. And, and like, I'm sure it's, you know, it's messy. You're running a country. Like there's, there's people, there's opposition and there's things that you have to address. And I don't know. So I, I don't, I want to be careful not to be like, you know, uh, an apologist for everything that's happening in El Salvador, because I just don't know. I'm, I'm just not an expert, but it seems like a couple things are happening. One, Bitcoin is actually changing not only the the country and the people uh, in El Salvador, but also it seems like there's sort of an evolution of the way of thinking of, of President Bukele. Like, and, and I'll just point to one example that I saw, which was uh, even even after they made Bitcoin legal tender, there were some pretty strict um, like COVID type restrictions. And to where all the like fast forward to about uh, a few weeks ago, they announced that they were like removing all restrictions, yeah. and so I have to attribute that to and you know again an evolution of, of of the way of thinking and whether it's exposure to Bitcoiners or um, how Bitcoin tends to sort of just change your worldview and, and your view on on things like freedom in general. Um, I think that's a, that's pretty exciting to to watch, and I'd encourage people to kind of keep an open mind to the ongoing development of what's happening because it's not this static thing. It's not like this thing that just happened one time and now it's over. No, this is ongoing and this is a, this is an experiment. And so um, that's how I'd answer that. And I'm very excited that, um, so, so a little bit about me, I'm, I'm director of marketing at BTC Inc, which is the organization that runs Bitcoin magazine and the Bitcoin conference. Um, and president Bukele is going to be in Miami in April uh, as a speaker uh, at the conference. So I'm very excited to hear from him directly at uh, Bitcoin 2021. That's when they announced the, uh, the move to, to have Bitcoin be legal tender. So I'm excited to see how they, how they follow up, uh, that, that big news. Um, as far as countries that are next, I'm actually a little bit surprised that there haven't been, hasn't been more traction on this front. I, I kind of expected a couple of more countries to, to follow suit. It might be that they're just kind of in wait and see mode to, to kind of, uh, see what happens in El Salvador and, and kind of, follow, yeah, yeah. you know, let them kind of work out the kinks and then we'll follow right. suit. But um, certainly I, I think there's going to be pressure on a company or countries like Turkey and Lebanon where their, their currencies are hyperinflating to do something. And so I don't know if it's, if it's countries like that are going to take the same path as El Salvador and sort of adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. But I do think that there might be more of like a groundswell, more of like a grassroots type movement to a, of the people there who see their their currency deteriorating and just have look around and like have no other options other than bitcoin and uh, it might be a little bit more of a, a bottom up organic type of adoption that we'll see maybe even before another country follows in, in el salvador's footsteps 
you know, it's interesting because watching the evolution, of course, you've watched me you know, the past year or whatnot. Um, I think there's always a time where somebody, I say, goes down the crypto rabbit hole, right? There's something that really draws you in. And, you know, my thing was if I have $10 or a billion dollars in an account and it's in the account, I should be able to send it without a middleman, without somebody telling me yes or no, right? And that's it. So when you see the experiment as it's been there, and from what I can tell, it's been pretty well received. Um, I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of countries with kind of a wait and see. Um, it's interesting with the IMF that kind of got upset, but they kind of stepped. I mean, what's so beautiful about it is you can't stop it. Like, you can't put this back in the box. Right. And going back to when it was, right, formed to now, and it's just, I mean, we're living in historic times. So it's yeah. like, it's no, just I cool to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's the other like important factor I think that's happening here is President Bukele seems um, like adamant about this move and very uh, has deep conviction that this is the right thing to do for his country to where he's just openly sort of giving double middles to the IMF and anyone who stands in his yeah. way. And I think that's something to pay attention to because I'm not sure that other leaders will take a similar, uh, I, can, I guess I'd say aggressive uh, mm. approach to what the response will be. I think, I think, um, I think there might be like, some, some people who dabble into it and maybe mm. tap their toes in the water and then get scared uh, about the blowback because it's, I mean, it's a big deal. It's, a, it's an affront to, you know, us dollar hegemony. It's, and it's, and it's a, uh, it's a serious thing. There's a lot of enemies that you create. So anytime you're changing the financial system, um, right. let, let me ask you this. Um, so you wrote a book, uh, part book. Thank God for Bitcoin. Yep. And uh, tell me about it. Uh, how did that come about? And um, how did it happen? Yeah, absolutely. So I co-authored uh, Thank God for Bitcoin with uh, seven other Bitcoiners. And the way that it came about was actually pretty interesting. It's connected to my origin story in Bitcoin, which um, so I, I, I work with uh, Russell Kuhn, who's a, who's a Bitcoiner, NFL player, yeah, yeah. and uh, helped sort of with his uh, Pay Me in Bitcoin campaign. And um, we co-founded an organization called Bitcoin Is together back in 2019, and it started as an event in in uh, LA, where we just got you know about 300 people together, super last minute. We threw, threw the event together five weeks in five weeks uh, leading up to the season, and um, through that experience, I got to meet uh, a lot of uh, you know pretty high high profile Bitcoiners, including Jimmy Song. And um, when I got to know Jimmy Song a little bit more. We both realized that our background was uh, Christian, right? We both grew up Christian. Um, I was a pastor for a while and uh, got to a point in my sort of faith journey where I got disillusioned with the church and sort of wrote off all of Christianity and Christians in general. But when I met Jimmy, it was interesting because here I have a Bitcoiner who is a Christian and my like I start seeing my, my two worlds kind of collide because what I wanted to do was kind of dismiss Jimmy and uh, discredit him because that's kind of, that was my outlook in general. But what ended up happening was I started to see kind of the overlap between um, Christianity and, and Bitcoin in terms of like what they both excel at, which I guess to, to, to simplify it is freedom, right? They, they both, they both profess that, you know, embracing one uh, will lead to, to freedom in, in one way, shape or form. So uh, so Jimmy and I sparked up a, a great relationship. We started um, leading a book study together and um, with a bunch of other uh, Bitcoiners who were uh, in all different stages of, of faith, former Christians, current Christians. And um, the uh, out of that group came this this group of, of authors who, uh, you know, includes like people like Robert Breedlove, Lyle Pratt, um, and a bunch of others. And uh, we wrote this book, even though we all, I would say, uh, are, are, are different like parts of the 
Christian faith spectrum. Like we all disagree on theology essentially, but we all agree about Bitcoin. So um, this book came about in, in a way where we all kind of fought tooth and nail for every word that went into it, but we came out with this this uh, this book that essentially makes the moral case for Bitcoin through a Christian lens. So we use Bible verses and we use sort of Christian language to paint a picture of uh, first and foremost, why the current system is broken, why fiat currency is immoral and how it's gotten so bad. And actually that's the majority of the book. That's about seven chapters of the book. The last two present Bitcoin as the solution to that problem that we unpack. So a uh, fascinating project, love the book. It's got great reception. Uh, both in in just the broader Bitcoin community, but also in, in Christian circles. So um, very cool. I'm very excited to be a part of that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, when uh, as far as the conference, though, now you talk about the book and kind of talk, talk about the gathering, because I think we've talked before um, about, uh, talked about, you know, meetups and gatherings, whatnot. And one of the things that you've seen over the years, and it's really, I think you're seeing more of it now is, you know, Bitcoiners like to get together and crypto people like and, and talk because there's a, there's a certain mindset that so much of us have. And I know every time that I've gone somewhere, it's like you run into them. It's just awesome. Um, right. You know, the, the Bitcoin, the conference, um, how did that come about? And then how did you wind up where you are now? Yeah. So I want to touch on the the sort of meetups component, because I, I mm-hmm. think that's that's been a really important part of my journey from Bitcoin is that like a small event to uh, out of that met several people, not just the speakers, but people who, who were sort of in the Southern California mm-hmm. area. Um, ended up attending a Bitcoin meetup like regularly, like every week. And uh, that's really like become my community, right? Is is the people who I call my friends, the people who like, mm-hmm. when I eventually moved, who I called to help yeah. uh, help me move, right? Um, <laughs> and so I think there's something to that. Uh, again, as someone who has like a church background, but then got really disillusioned with the church and stopped sort of participating regularly, I would say that Bitcoin meetups like are the closest thing that I have now mm-hmm. to a real community of people who are who show up and are um, have the same convictions and who are aligned on, on the most important things uh, in life, right? And I think transcends sort of political categories um, and and faith categories, which uh, are, are sort of two of the biggest ways that humans organize themselves. And so uh, I even have this this shirt that I'm wearing right now, right? It crosses off all the different conservative, progressive, libertarian, and it just says Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I see, yeah. I like that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I approach yeah. it now. It's like, that's, yeah. I, I don't identify with any of those labels anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, I see the world through a Bitcoiner lens and we are here for a revolution. And so when you get together with Bitcoiners in real life, you're putting a stake in the ground. You're taking physical ground and you're saying like, look, we're here and we're a force to be, to be reckoned with. You know, there's yeah. 150 million of us worldwide and yeah. uh, this is a movement. And so um, when you meet other Bitcoiners in real life and you see sort of that organic energy and that instant connection, um, there's something really, really powerful about that, that I think, um, you know, part of my message is I, I want to lean into that. And so mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, I've only been working for BTC Inc. for about three months now. I uh, found the job on uh, Bitcoiner Jobs uh, website, and which is a great resource. I highly recommend. Um, and so the idea is that this is our sort of international gathering. This is our, our mm-hmm. pilgrimage of, of all Bitcoiners from all across the globe getting together. And so um, as you look at the world right now, it's uh, things are you know confusing and discouraging and a little bit bleak, right? Um, and, and even with uh, even with like traveling, travel restrictions mm-hmm. and movement is, is contentious right now. And I think there's people, especially in the broader like crypto 
crypto enthusiasts, Bitcoiners, like anybody who is compelled by sort of this um, message of, again, freedom and emancipation from the state and sort of all of the corruption that's taking place with our currency. Um, there, there is, I think, a desire to do something. How do we respond to this? What I love about Bitcoin is, you know, when you buy and hold Bitcoin, first of all, that's doing something very, very tangible, right? You're, you're putting your money where your mouth is um, and you're aligning yourself with this, again, global movement of people that are saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with uh, inflation and having my, my, my savings robbed. Um, and what I, what I see about uh, local meetups and uh, regional conferences and the Bitcoin conference in Miami is that this is our version of, this is like a protest in some ways. <laughs> now yeah. it's going to be a party too. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a massive party. We're expecting yeah. 35 to 50,000 people in Miami beach and it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's also a statement, you know, this is a statement that's more effective than in my opinion, taking to the streets with signs that say, Hey, you know, stop <laughs> printing right. money or whatever. That's all fine and well, but, this is actual tangible movement that that I think says we're actually advanced. We're moving things forward. We're building, and uh, just by showing up, I think you're you're kind of you're kind of saying that you're participating in this uh, in this global movement of, of Bitcoiners. I haven't gone to the one in June. I got to tell you, I had a blast. It was an okay. absolute blast. That was one of the best things I went to. Saw so many people there that I would be able to connect with and knew, especially through crypto Twitter. You meet them in real life and have even a better time. But I, I recommend it to everybody to go just because it's it's in this year. Just it's going to be big. <laughs> it is. No it's, yeah. it's definitely going to be big. We're going to have um, you know some of the top speakers around the world. We're still announcing. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit more than 100 days left. It's coming up quick. Mm -hmm going to be in april this year which is a little bit milder climate <laughs> in, yeah, in miami yeah. than it was in in june we've worked out a lot of the kinks i mean i know last mm -hmm. year there was you know line issues and and heat issues and this year the venue is much better much bigger indoors air conditioned uh we'll have multiple entrances the lines will be yeah. more manageable but uh it's definitely going to be one of those events that you do not want to miss because people will be talking about it for months and years to come Definitely. I, I have no question, no doubt about that. Um, sure. Well, let me ask you this on, on, on Bitcoin. One other thing, when you look at it five years from now, what are your goals? What do you want to see ideally in Bitcoin in five years? A couple of things that you think, you know what, if, if this happens, like this is what I want. Yeah, that's a great question. So I definitely want to just kind of see it continue to prove itself out, you know, year after year, block after block. And um, the trajectory that we're on of, of like institutional adoption and just more and more people sort of having it click for people. I think that's going to happen naturally with the dollar continuing to be de devalued and inflation continue, continue to rise. But to give you kind of one really pragmatic thing that I'd love to see. Um, so part of my background too is in the residential mortgage space. And I've been um, really passionate about trying to create a product that helps Bitcoiners um, acquire real estate with uh, mm -hmm. their Bitcoin holdings without having to sell. And so um, actually there's been an announcement recently, uh, Lennon uh, just announced that they're releasing a mortgage product, which is exciting. So there's been progress on this front, but, and there's a lot of like, you know, solid lending products around Bitcoin, but to see one that enables people to buy real estate, I think is really important because that's cool. Yeah, because we, we need a land strategy, right? Like yeah. if this is a revolution, every revolution right. before this has had a, right. a concrete strategy of taking land. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I think we kind of lack that a little bit in the Bitcoin space um, where it's like this whole idea of just kind of buy and hodl and don't do anything else and just wait for number to go up. That's all fine and well for for a lot of people, but I think we need to sort of progress in our in our thinking to where we can actually physically take ground. Do you do you think in let's just say five ten years you get to the point to where you go into any business and you see Visa, Mastercard, Bitcoin accepted? Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's the other major part of it. So uh-huh. I see lending is a major part of it. I also see mm-hmm. the the growing circular economy where mm-hmm. merchants begin to recognize like oh. This is way better than Visa, MasterCard. This is better than cash even, uh, yeah. but it has a lot of the same advantages as cash. And so merchant adoption is, is the other big thing that I want to continue to see, to see grow. Absolutely. And that's the direction we have to go in. And I think we are. Um, so, so final two questions I always like to ask, um, what's your favorite country that you want to go to? Ooh, favorite country that I want to go to? Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that I've never been to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said, you know, I said, like, what country, like, I said, what, let me say, what's the, the best country you've been to to visit? And what's like a country you want to go to if you had your choice? Get up plane right now and go, and where would you go? Well, I hate to kind of give you the easy answer, but I really want, I'm really curious about El Salvador. Like, I really want to see what's happening yeah. on the ground. Yeah. I really want yeah, to yeah. see, like, big, like the Bitcoin ecosystem mm-hmm. in real life where it's just like normal and people just pay with it and it looks yeah. like a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, so I'd love to visit there. Uh, I'm from Egypt originally. So anytime I'm going to go back home, uh, it's a treat. So uh, those two places, I think, would be on the top of my list. Okay. And when you're working and stuff, what do you have on in the background? You have podcasts, you have music on, you have TV. What, what do you have on? Kanye West is my jam. It's my go-to. Okay. <laughs> Any, anything Kanye. Um, also, if there's a good spaces on Twitter, mm-hmm. I'll, th- I'll throw that on in the background sometimes. Okay. Cool, cool. Well, brother, I appreciate it. Anything else you want to add to the audience? Yeah, I mean, definitely come to uh, the Bitcoin conference in Miami, April 6th through the 9th. It's going to be four days of packed Bitcoin content. Uh, Day one is industry day for anyone who is an aspiring Bitcoiner who wants to get uh, who wants to work in the space. There's gonna be a lot of great networking opportunities to be a pitch day. There's going to be a job fair. Um, And then days two and three are general conference days where you'll hear hear from people like Michael Saylor and President Bukele and Jack Mahler's. Elizabeth Stark, people like that. Day four is the first ever uh, Sound Money uh, music festival. So um, we're, we're having a festival, including uh, rappers, rapper Logic, who's also a Bitcoiner. And uh, I set up a coupon code for your audience. Uh, so if you do buy your tickets, use Big Dog and you will get 10% off. Website is b.tc slash conference. Okay. Uh, awesome. Awesome. We'll say that. And also to finding you on Twitter, uh, what's, what's the best way to connect? I'm at G McHale on Twitter, G-M-E-K-H-A-I-L. Okay, got it. Well, George, brother, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for the invite. It was great to chat. I appreciate it. Well, this is the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. George McHale, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at WoofBigDog. WoofBigDawg. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.